Hello. Hi. Welcome to episode nine of Load of Old Waffle. I said it with my chest on yesterday's recording that it was nine, and now I'm not sure. It's nine. Go for nine. If not, it's going to be a nine out of ten. I'm Mike. Katie. This is the show where we review everything we watched in the week and also talk about film news. It is. I will tell you what we will be talking about today. What are we going to be waffling on about? Today we will waffle on about Pearl, which we're very late to, but it didn't really get a cinema release over here. So it didn't, not no. our fault. England's fault. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. We've got some box office numbers, including two big old flops. Um, we're going to talk about Tarantino's statement that he said when he said that it, we're in the worst decade of movies ever. And uh, also... He also said that there are no movie stars anymore, something that Anthony Mackie agreed with in a video that's like resurfaced from four or five years ago. So we'd give our opinions on both of those statements as well. But as we did last week, we're going to start with some Katie questions. Dun. Last week we had one question. This week we have three. She oh. has to get at least two or three questions right to pick first. Shit. You ready for your first question? I'm excited. What was Pearl's husband's name? Howard. One out of one. Question two. Dun, 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 dun. Can you name me seven of Andy's toys from Toy Story 1? Seven? Seven. Buzz, Woody. Mm-hmm. Two. Uh, Ham. Three. Mr. Potato Head. Four. Rex. Five. Mr. Shark. Six. Um, Those are the six I thought you'd get, so I had to make uh, it Lenny. The lens is nice. Very nice. I forgot Slinky. You did forget Slinky. So sorry, Slinky. You deserved better. And uh, can you name me three Tarantino films? Jackie Brown. Yep. Uh, uh, wow, I didn't Kill think Bill. it would be Jackie Brown and nothing else. <laughs> that is baffling. Kill Bill. Yep. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, you could have just gone Kill Bill 1 and 2, but... I feel like that's cheating. No, I respect it. I respect it. So what would you like to talk about first? Pearl. Well, okay. Um, do you want to give us a brief summary? Because Kate's note is that we spend too long talking about what is in the films, and it's boring. Oh, <laughs> that makes me it's sound good to so be mean. honest with the audience. Katie thinks our podcast. I'm not it. calling the audience boring. I'm calling you boring. Yeah, no, no, it's worse. It's, it's worse for me. Well, I'm well, I'm not good at it though because I don't remember stuff. So equally, okay, so no, 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 no. Oh, sorry, I thought you would fucking get off my back. <laughs> so Pearl is a prequel to yes. X so it's Mia Goth who is playing the old lady in X looking at Mike for validation yep yeah, a younger version of the old yeah, lady yeah 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 like set in like 1923 I think and she lives on a farm with a mum and a dad the dad's really ill mum's a fucking bitch she just wants to be a dancer and have a good life but she's a bit weird yeah basically just the story of how she becomes a woman who would murder group of people making a pawn in so her garden <laughs> yeah so basically. the first scene is she's like feeding the ca- the cows and shit mm-hmm. and then the uh, is it a duck or a swan or something like a nice little duck or a swan yeah it's a swan it's not a duck wanders it's too in. big just wanders in and she's like oh what are you doing here haha <laughs> and then she's fucking stabs it with a pitchfork and feeds it to this massive alligator so that set the tone nicely it did yeah also this is something i've just thought about mm-hmm. was um pearl set it, no x was set in the 70s wasn't it or 80s. No, because the third one's going to be set in the 80s, so it must be the 70s. Right, okay. And this one was set in like the 20s, we think. Yeah, I'm sure it's 1923 on the calendar. How long do alligators live for? Hmm? How long do alligators live for? Well, it might be a new alligator. alligator. Yeah. They better have babies or something. 
It seems unlikely. I think it's the same alligator. Why can't the alligator have a happy family life under the water? No, then do they, not, do they might live for 50 years. I don't know. Do you want me to Google it? Yeah, Google how long the alligator I can't imagine that they live for 50 years. Anyway. I um, guess like 10 to 20. No way. Well, what would you guess? Ages. They're like lizards, aren't they? They live for ages. Like do toys. They? I was in well, a I'm fucking excited to find out. Days and days. Well, years what's and years. Your, what's your answer? 70. 30 to 50 years is the average. Okay, so he's he's like newborn in Pearl, and then he's on his last legs in in uh, X. Absolute what? last legs. What a fucking babe. Swimming like Nemo. Trying <laughs> to stay afloat. Um, I really like this, but after that opening scene, mm-hmm. you then it the film quietens down a lot. It does. And there was about 20, 25 minutes where, because we hadn't really seen a trailer or anything for this, yeah, I'd seen loads of people talk yeah. about how good it was, and I was so excited to watch it. Um, yeah, I went in blind completely. I just didn't really know what it was doing for about 20, 25 minutes, mm-hmm. where I was a bit like, I don't know if this is anything good. I just thought it'd be scarier. Yeah, I think I don't know why it was marketed as like a horror, because I just don't think it's a horror at all. No. Well, so, it, it, it takes a big turn, though, and becomes quite gory and horrorish. It's kind of like unsettling rather than like a ah horror. It's more of like a character study for me though, I think. Yeah, it's, it's like a character like study. It's, it's very much, it felt like Joker. Mm. Like just a deep dive into a person who's not well mentally mm-hmm. to explain why they do what the they things do. they do, yeah, and what pushed them to become the person they've become. It could have given us more, I think. Oh, see, I disagree, I think. Yeah. I, I I will say as well. Uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved we it. We should say this early. Mia Goth is unbelievable. Oh. I actually think it's the best performance I've seen all year. She is so good. She was so good in X as well. She delivers a monologue towards the end where she must just talk for about five, six, seven minutes. But yeah, between and five and ten unbelievable. minutes. Unbelievable. It's so good. Unbelievable. She's talking, well, she's speaking to um, her friend, but pretending it's what well, she's saying. Well, it's not a friend, she is it? It's a sister-in-law. And she's like, oh, well, pretend I'm powered. Yeah. She just fucking tells her everything, doesn't she? As honest as can be, it's so good. I love that scene as well when she's got a red dress on and she's chasing the girl with the axe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it does get scary. It um, does. It. I think about halfway through the f- film, tonally, it really changes and gets really kind of sinister. Is that the right word? I, I Unsettling. Think it's sinister throughout. It is sinister throughout. She has um, an awful relationship with her mother. Yeah, you just and know something's not fucking yeah. right. It's ruining all her the way dad's through. ill. This is something I also didn't know, but because my knowledge of the whatever whatever year it's set in is awful. There's a there's an illness, an unspecified illness going around yeah. that people are worried about, and a dad has it. Yeah, I have no idea what it is. Is it like Spanish flu? Or I don't, is that the twenties? Mm. I don't. I have no idea. I'm not gonna Naming lie. illnesses now. So no, the Spanish flu was like in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> That was yonks and yonks ago. Well, yeah, anyway, so there is an illness. But she makes friends with a projectionist who I really liked. Me too. My question was originally going to be, what was the projectionist's name? But when I checked IMDb, he's just called projectionist. Yeah, he doesn't have a name. Yeah. And I think... Well, it could be Spanish flu. That was uh, Am I right? It says, yeah, it could Boom. Be flu. Oh, I would love it if it was Spanish flu. You'd have to say sorry live on air. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> First time for everything. I'm the last... <laughs> beyond 
I don't oh, think justice for the projectionist though. Yes, he deserved better. He clearly just he wanted a cheeky shag, which to be fair, in the twenties, he he were asking for a lot there. Oh, for a cheeky shag. Speaking of cheeky shags, we should talk about one scene that's really unsettling and uncomfortable oh. to watch. <gasps> yeah. Where she um she first really tenderly kisses the scarecrow. scarecrow with a terrifying little face. Oh, it's so weird. And then she gets really into the kisses. Starts well, she's imagined the projectionist, yeah. isn't she? And then she gets really angry with it and says, I'm married, and throws the scarecrow to the ground and, and then rides it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a rough watch. Oh, it's so weird. So weird. But again, they're a good character study. It is, and I, I don't know if this film... You can see like, the inner conflict in herself where she is trying to be someone that she's yes. just not. She wants to shag the projectionist. Mm. But she's like, oh, I'm married, married. And you later but find get out... Rid- well, I think she does want to be married, but later on you do find out that she has kind of faked her whole life to get married. She, she I think she does really like her husband and all that jazz. I don't. I think she just married him to get away from the farm. Well, yeah. Her whole life has been built away getting away from the farm. Yeah, I should and say she really liked the idea of a husband. She married a man because he had family who were wealthy who lived somewhere else. And Howard decided that he preferred the farm life. So he moved into the farm instead. Yeah, she was fucking Which furious. is just everything she didn't want. Yeah. And clearly everything that he did not say to her. Well, oh yeah, it's clearly not a good relationship. No. And we, sh- we will talk about the ending um, before we wrap up because oh. we'll get to that. But That bloody pig. Did, did you feel sorry for her? Did you feel sorry for Pearl? A little. I think I felt sorry for her, yeah. I think... It was... Um, it was rough that scene when she does the dancing and it's all like genuinely it's all she's she wants. Good. Wants to do. She was she good, was but they told good she was yeah. good, didn't they? There's but no diversity, but solid. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what you meant then. I was like, what? <laughs> um, diversity is a, uh, a, an a dance troupe. Dance troupe, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he says, doesn't he, like, oh, we wanted a blonde. Yeah, yeah. And so you, it's basically she could just never do it. Yeah, firstly, you know the sister in law's going to get it. So you're immediately, you're immediately worried. Immediately, no, yeah. And then it's just so unfair. It is unfair, and, and it, yeah, because de- she, she is devastated, like unhinged, yes. like completely inconsolable, 100%. devastated, which doesn't help her cause. No, it doesn't. She starts shouting at them a lot and crying. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a a good nod to the real world, though, because there's so many people yeah, who are really talented at yeah. what they do, and they think they've got the big break, and then they just get pissed on. Oh, you're not blonde. Yeah. I uh, think so. I really, I really liked the what they did with that. That the way they told that scene because it's still relevant now. Everyone can relate to that. Yeah, no, I agree. And awful I think feeling. Mia Goth and Ty West, the writer and director, Mia Goth co-wrote this one with him. Um, they both know the character like inside mm. and out. They know everything about her. Yeah, yeah, so, I did feel sorry for her. Did you? Yeah, throughout. Yeah, I thought her mum was horrible, and then even when she sets her mum on fire. It's accidental <laughs> to start with. It is accidental. Because her mum slaps her, doesn't she? Her mum sla- slaps her. They have a row, don't they, about Pearl the audition? Just, I think Pearl gives her one. Yeah. And then she, like, stumbles. But the then her mum starts saying, like, like... Stumble into the fire. Yeah, yeah. And her dress just goes up, and she goes up, like, fucking, like... And she even like gets a, made a kindling. fucking pail of water, doesn't she? She tries to put her out. Yeah, but it's she boiling water. Oh, so no. <laughs> even if it puts you out, it's not going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's pr- like, it's... Oh, the, the only thing she could have thrown on her that was worse is petrol. Alcohol? Yeah, booze, yeah, vodka. She probably didn't have a lot of that in the 20s, though. Mm. Moonshine. That would have gone up. That would have gone oh up. Oh, my God. <laughs> would have lost all, right, all the crops. Uh, and so, show 
deaths in terms of deaths because it's a horror film so we should talk about the deaths like you alluded to so after she's given the monologue to her sister-in-law who got the part she basically lets the sister-in-law leave because she says as she's leaving doesn't she like it's okay you know you can and i, I, I believed you got her it. for a minute yeah. i believe and i think in her own head she means it until the stepsister the sister-in-law says yeah i got it thank you and then you can see in her eyes it snaps because until then she wasn't sure yeah i think she was only saying she was basically tricking her wasn't she yeah but i think a part of pearl believed that she actually wasn't bothered uh, yeah i think so too but then that scene is terrifying and really frustrating because the the sister-in-law runs so slowly <laughs> the woman's chasing you with an axe and she keeps looking behind her just head forward sprint that just sprint oh get out run into the, the big get on the bike. things of wheat get the bike straight away they've got them big rows of corn go and hide in the corn yeah, hide in the car. So many ways to she not could die have got in that away. situation, which makes me think she deserved it. But then that, this is the scene I was talking about when Mia Goff comes running out with a, yeah. a red dress and her axe. It's amazing. It is. Uh, she also kills the projectionist, which is quite gory. Oh, I loved it. Um, really gory. As we but mentioned, yeah, sets she has all a fire. massive row with him, doesn't she? Because he's just like, you're being fucking weird. Well, to start with, there's a dead, there's like a, a suckling pig outside her house covered in maggots. Yeah. She introduces him to her dad and then like he's just trying to shag him basically upstairs and he can hear someone banging around in the cellar Which and she says it's the dog and then fire. Oh yeah, then she like slip that there's yeah. no dog, doesn't it? And like, then he's like, I'm name? leaving now yeah. because Literally I'm terrified. scared of you. Yeah. And she loses her head and is like, What have I done wrong? Yeah, but she's and like yeah. proper screaming at it. Again, a sensational performance from Mia Goff. It is. I I I mean it never would, but I don't understand why a performance like that would not be considered for an Oscar. Yeah. It just, it's just the way the Oscars are built, I suppose. But I genuinely can't think of a better performance all year. So good. So um, good. A great film. I really enjoyed it. It is. And we know that there's going to be a third installment in the franchise yeah, that will Maxine. follow Maxine, who survived X yeah. as she continues trying to become an actress in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's Maxine's but with three X's. Love it's it. the third one. Um, Love it. I looked into that because obviously Pearl and X were shot back to back, basically just because of lockdown. They were like, should we do another one? And yeah, this yeah. is how we could do it. There's, they've not even started um, filming or anything for Maxine. Maxine. So I think that might be 2024, probably. Still exciting, though. Oh, very exciting, yeah. Really good franchise, just how different both films are, but the fact that you can still tell they're connected and they still have the same kind of feel throughout. Yeah, they do. They do. I want to rewatch X, though. Yeah, I was thinking that as yeah. well. It's, it'd be good to have done the double bill. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I, I, I know it's a prequel, but I, li- I would like to watch Pearl th- first because that's chronologically first. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, so yeah, now we've recently yeah. watched Pearl. I'd like to watch X again now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm keen for that. We'll do that. Mm. Um, what would you give it as a rating? Oh, I wanted to say seven, but then for me, a goff, it has to be at least an eight. I think I'd go eight. I think I preferred X. I preferred X as well. I think X is just a more entertaining film. And if you're going into a horror film, I kind of want to see slashing up and, you know, they're making a porn and everything about that is classic entertainment. Yeah. Whereas Pearl is a kind of more, it's a more sophisticated film. But I think that kind of makes Pearl better. Yeah, I agree. Pearl's a more sophisticated film and kind of more nuanced and there's better performances and stuff. But if I could only watch one, I would watch X. So I think X has to be rated higher just for sheer joy. 
I'd only rate it marginally higher, though. Yeah, I think X would be an 8.5 for me. Yeah. Both very, very good. And I would definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah, mate. Just for me, a goth. It's amazing. Yeah. Clap, clap. Well done, Right, Mia. My turn to pick. And we're going to talk box office because we've got some flops. Flopperoonies. Last week, we had one flop. She said. This week, we've got double flops. Flop, flop. Flop, flop, flop. So, first of all, Strange World. How much do you think it costs to make that, by the way? Oh, right. Let's just straight off the bat say this is so fucking weird from Disney. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's different in America. We're obviously it's English. It's not being advertised I've at seen, all. We go to cinema all the time. I've seen no trailers for it, no posters anywhere for it. I've seen nothing on Twitter. Nope. Absolutely. It's like this film didn't exist. It's but like, yeah. showings, it's got loads of showings on. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I don't bizarre. know if Disney have been trying to bury it because they don't think it's very good. Oh, but this is what surprised me most. Guess how much the budget was. Is it animation? Yep. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't. Just can't make an educated guess. I have don't know guess. what an animation film have costs to make. 50 mil? 120 million. <gasps> guess how much it made in its opening weekend. Like the Thanksgiving weekend as well. So that's like the best weekend in America so you get a day off. I 10 think. mil. Americans, I don't really know. Uh, it made 18.6. Yikes. So it's never going to make its money back because... Well, normally the rule is you double the budget for marketing and stuff. Maybe they just didn't want to market this. Maybe it was just 120 mil So flat. they should have spent 240 million marketing it? No, no, no. They should have spent 240 million altogether. Oh. Apologies. Yeah. Um, That's ridiculous. And we are going to watch this because we like animated films. And I'm just intrigued. I just don't understand it. I don't understand why they would not promote it at all. I mean, there's something weird going on at Even Disney. Even if it is shit, just promote it. Yeah. Just make people would then go and... It's Disney. People are not going to boycott Disney and well, start watching it. Yeah. Maybe they should because Disney. Like, we'll we'll yeah. save that that's a, that's for another fucking day. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a boozed up podcast. That is. I know. That's, that we need some beer to talk about that. And then the other one, and this one doesn't surprise me. This has flopped. Bones and all. Not because surprised. I I can't remember ever seeing a trailer for a film where I've thought that's. I can't remember seeing a trailer for a film that's more niche. Than oh my that. god! Yeah, a, a film about young cannibals in love. And then in the second trailer, it's revealed that cannibals can smell each other. <laughs> and so, like... Is this based on a book? I think so, yeah. It must be. Um, all I can think of, it must think be. It I bet it's awful. a really good book. That's I all think I can it think. awful. Yeah. Cannibals can smell each other. And then they're all making friends. And it's like, oh, but you don't if you don't want to be a cannibal with me, I'm going to kill you. It's really weird. Um... Bizarre so film. that has made 1.5 million. <gasps> I don't even know. This might have been out for more than a week as well in America. Uh, and its budget was 16 million. 1.5 million. But like, I just, who is that made for? Um, I, that, all I can think of, it's, it's made for the people who've read the book, but it's clearly not a massive book. But I feel like it's a never... book about young cannibals in love wouldn't be a huge hit either. So it's no, a but it could be like book. a Twilight-esque because it's like a romance book. Oh Yeah, but it's not. They're eating each other. No, then you don't eat an eater. It said that in the trailer. Yeah, but I bet one eater eats an eater in it. Well, yeah, because otherwise they won't put that line in the trailer. <laughs> exactly. <would they? laughs> yeah. See, that was my. I just. I. Um, it, I don't get it. I don't understand how. I think the only reason people will have gone it. and watched this as well is if it's a book, they read the book. I'm making a big fucking assumption there. Yeah. And for Tim Le- Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Shalom. Sorry, Timothy. Um, uh, yeah. That is the only reason I, I kind of want to watch it because I'm just I want to watch so it. It's so fucking it. weird. But nothing I've seen in the There'll be no knobheads in the cinema there, will there? That's very true. Yeah, we won't have, live, <laughs> we won't have Black Adam people, will we? <laughs> we have those, a big problem in England. Row, that yeah. There's always a group of young kids. It must be the only thing they're allowed to do. 
And they just come and talk oh, all the way through the film. But Black Adam, the ones on the, the row in the back row in Black Adam were awful. And it's they a left massive danger of the superhero worse. film. We digress. Anyway, I want to see Bones and All just because I just don't understand how it's been made. I don't understand how you could walk into a studio and say, don't worry, I've got the next idea here. Big, big money. Cannibals in love, eating people and whatnot. Just killing people left, right and centre. We'll cast him the Chamolet, we'll give him a mullet. Rubbish. Just shake him head. Looks bad. Looks very, very bad. It looks absurd. Not for me at all. Um, I think that's all I've got to say about it. I just, I just, I don't understand how it's got to the. Because people say they don't make original movies anymore. Surely, Cannibals in Love is about as original as a film can get. Absolutely. In it's this flopped, day and age. So exactly. Up. Because not who would want to see that. Exactly. I just don't understand. No one wants to see that. <laughs> Mental. Anyway, what do you want to talk about now? Let's talk about a little bit of cannibals. Filmy news. The other bit of film. Well, there's two. Tarantino. Tarantino was saying, was it the worst decade of movies in or the worst generation of movies? No, decade. It was decade, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, What are your initial thoughts? Well, I didn't actually. I saw the Anthony Mackie clip first Mm -hmm. and then started seeing all the news articles about uh, Tarantino. And I thought, that's a really interesting interview. I didn't realise it was old either. The Anthony Mackie one's old, yeah. The. but the Tarantino thing, it was. It might have even been. The so he day was basically saying, wasn't he, that you used, years and years ago, you used to go and you'd, there'd be movie stars and you'd go and watch a Brad Pitt film or a Tom Cruise film. Mm-hmm. You, but now people go and watch a Captain America film or. The, yes. And I think it's it's a a bigger nod from Tarantino into the hate of superhero films, which I'll come on to in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I didn't entirely disagree with Anthony Mackie in saying. People don't, there's no movie stars like how they used to be anymore. But then also, why is that a bad thing? I agree that it shouldn't be a bad thing, but Give I also disagree. Else a chance. I think there are but movie people, stars. Yeah, yeah, because Chris Evans is a movie star for being Captain mm-hmm. America yeah. and for doing it so well. Mm-hmm. Robert no, Downey Jr. is a movie star. You don't just recall, call him Iron Man. No, I agree. And I think... I, I think, think it's. I think what he said is factually wrong. I agree, but it's a really interesting point, and I can I can kind of, I can see where it's it's come from. Well, I think the hypocrisy of them saying that because the, he named a couple Anthony Mackie in the video, and he named Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, who to me are both known. I know them film. as characters. Yeah, Terminator. Stallone is Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, Schwarzenegger's Terminator. Yeah, and you look back at any movie star from that age; they all have a franchise. Yeah. The only difference now is franchises are bigger and more successful. Yeah. Like Indiana Jones, uh, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford was mm-hmm. a huge movie star. He's Indiana Jones and Han Solo. He was in two huge franchises. Yeah. I don't really understand this thing of. Well, it's like what I was saying, like Chris Evans is famous exactly, for being yeah. Captain America. They're just those two things interlink anyway. But when I'm watching Knives you Out, you can't for be example, like a movie star. You can't be Captain America and not the actor cannot not be a movie star. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Because when yeah. you watch Knives Out, for example, I'm not thinking, oh, look, it's um, Captain, America. Captain America and James Bond sharing a scene together. No. If anything, I wanted to watch Knives Out because I was like, oh, I like Chris Evans in yeah. Captain America. Exactly, yeah. And I think like when you look at like Great. Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. for example, they're going to star in a Barbie movie together, which could be the start of a franchise. Could not yeah. be. Them then being in that would not make them not movie stars anymore mm-hmm. because B- Mar- Margot Robbie is a movie star. People go and watch I, Tonya and stuff for Margot Robbie. Like, yeah, Ryan Gosling as well. La La Land or First Man Well, this is um, what I was Ryan Gosling. hinting at before. I think the why it's... I, th- I like. I th- thought it was interesting watching him say that, but then it comes. What you said is right, hundred mm-hmm. percent. 
And it's come coming back to Tarantino and all these other big film people just fucking hating superhero films. Yeah, and Tarantino. It's, it's, a, it's a dig at that rather than, oh, there's no movie stars I anymore. Agree with that. It's, no, you just hate superhero films for no fucking reason. Tarantino's a weird one as well because he's, he's said that he likes the MCU before and stuff. But then he's saying that's why the, yeah. the films are so bad, isn't it? The last uh, uh, 10 yeah. years. Cause but for me, I think if, if one thing is bad, with films at the minute, it's reboots. Yeah. The stuff that no one wants. Yeah. Like, Indiana Jones 5, for example. I don't need to see it. No. I didn't need Indiana Jones 4. You could have left that at 3. Yeah. Bringing back Star Wars. Then what about Top Gun? Everyone it. loved that. Bringing that well, back. Well, but is that because Tom Cruise is a movie star? Because there's no way if that doesn't have Tom Cruise in it. That's that so true. Anywhere near as well. And I would say Tom Cruise is the biggest movie star in the world. Oh, yeah. Without I a doubt. Totally I would agree, say yeah. That. But... If you, it's like the Halloween reboot of that trilogy. When there's we li- when we're in such a good generation of horror, maybe the best generation of horror, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's just lazy to when there's so many good original ideas out there, and yeah. then people go and see Halloween, the trilogy, instead of watching an X or a Pearl or the Black Phone or something because they recognise the name. Yeah. And then it's a bad experience because it's kind of been lazily put together. Yeah, because it's shit to bank on nostalgia and then it puts them off going seeing those original ones Very true. which again brings us back to like bones and all might be great but if someone's watched an original film this year and not enjoyed it then they're gonna go and watch black panther aren't they because they know what to expect from that yep yeah uh, it, it just it doesn't sit right with me it's like james cameron promoting avatar he has to every it's like oh james are you excited about avatar 2 and he's like yeah i fucking hate marvel and it's like you yeah, cannot do an interview without slagging off he called them theme park rides at one point, which, yeah, theme park rides he compared them to, which is like, A, offensive to all the filmmakers who work on those films, B, offensive to the, the, the cast, and C, like, offensive to the people who like them. Yeah. It's kind of like saying, Who's no, he trying to appeal to there? Your favourite films, you're an idiot for liking them. Like, I don't get it. Just I don't get why people hate on It cannot be for you, so but, and it feels like that's the sort of thing that kind of encourages, there's a thing of, if we don't have the same opinion, we can't be friends. You know, like, Twitter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You liked that film, I didn't. You like Marvel, I like DC. I we hate, we hate each other now. And also, you should die. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's exactly how it is. It's just crazy. It is crazy. It is ridiculous. Do it. Get a life, I mean, man. I don't think this decade has been bad for movies at all. Why? Well, so my understanding is he's saying that because of the rise in popularity of superhero films. I don't think it was just superhero films. I think it was definitely a chunk of it. Right. I think it was also kind of just... Well, I suppose he kind of makes like maybe 30, 40 million pound films, right. original films, and there are less of them, which I agree is a problem. Yeah. Like, unless you're a name, like you're a Tarantino or an Edgar Wright, they probably wouldn't trust you. You'd probably have to make a film for less than 10 million. Right, yeah. Once yeah. or twice, and it'd both be successful before you'd get that sort of money. Yeah. And I think there are there is weird stuff going on in the film industry at the minute, like Seth Rogen can't really seem to get funding for any of his films anymore he because he That's again strange. used to operate in like the 20 30 million comedies yeah and then it was just decided all of a sudden that comedies could only be made for netflix but then oh. they were also all terrible so it's like kind of put people off comedy films you know but what? that's not it's the point. What's killed the generation of films fucking netflix i agree netflix's own films and the amount of films too unbelievable many. how do they pump out so many films in too fact no many. they pump them out because the 90 minutes are all shit yeah exactly like that me time with kevin hart and Mark Wahlberg is an example of a Netflix film where they've gone, well, this script isn't very good, but let's just get two funny people in 
put it on the pay screen. Pay him a shitload of money. Yeah, people will probably click on it. Well, yeah, and they'll probably be it. too lazy to turn it off. I think that's a big part of Netflix logic. They've put that yeah, on. Yeah, Netflix, oh, we've had like 88 right million run. people have watched this. Like, yeah, they've had it on notice. in the background when they clean the house. 100%. I'd, yeah. I'd, 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 and I think Netflix have now been made to look stupid. Or not stupid. A bit inept compared to the quality of everything that like Apple TV and Disney Plus and yeah. even, even Amazon are doing. I think Netflix is now by far the worst when it comes to original content. They've There's literally got straight as things. well. Like, how can you sift through all? Well, exactly. That's why I like Apple TV because they bring out a couple of new things a month. They're, and they're really all good. Very good and very different. Yeah, and well yeah. made. Yeah. Even same with Disney Plus. Like, we'll get onto the Guardians holiday special. At least they're using their streaming service to do new things for popular characters and whatever. Yeah. I just don't think Netflix are inventive enough. I think their model of dropping everything all at once is flawed yeah it was good at the start because yeah it was yeah but that was when they didn't have competition well yeah was it ever good or was it just that there was no one else doing it they could make the rules because there was no one else doing it yeah yeah it's a shame really I don't want to shit on Netflix because I love Netflix and some of the stuff is good yeah but um, do you Most ever really? Most of shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking now. I've spoke to people about like, mum and dad will always watch a Netflix film. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, she's like, oh, we've just watched this. Oh, you might just watch it. And I'm like, oh, is it good? And she's like, oh, it's alright. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, right. Well, I'm not gonna watch it now, am I? Yeah, no, yeah. But even with like other people, just generally speaking to people, no one ever comes and says, oh my god, did you watch that Netflix film? It exactly. Was so no, I think good. I, most of my friends avoid original Netflix. If I see a trailer, I know people who yet yeah, even if the trailer looks it. funny and then it's like. Netflix, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll watch that now. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's all the best jokes. Mm. That's the three good jokes in the film, in yeah. the trailer. But and you then never have a conversation with like a general conversation with someone, and they're like, oh, that was amazing. Yeah, no. Oh, oh what, what, what film is it? Oh, it was fucking Do Revenge. <laughs> it was Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler and oh. Jennifer Aniston, or Hubie, Hubie Halloween. They're all like, absolute favorite. Oh, Hubie Halloween, unbelievable, absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. And they're all like, fine. Like, yeah. I can see people would put them on and just leave them on, watch them, fine. Those films are awful, though, so maybe if if, then, if that's in Tarantino's thinking, then it's hard to argue. It is hard to argue but with that. I think with the movie star thing... It's like making making the film for the sake of making a film, like, oh... Yes, for content, like, for a new release. Yeah, like Who Be Halloween, like, yeah. oh, shit, let's get all these good actors together, we'll do a Halloween film. Yeah. But really, why don't you just take a bit of time and make an actually really good Halloween film and then people yeah. will watch it year after year. Exactly, yeah. No one, I bet hardly anyone watched Hoobie Halloween again this year. We didn't even cover it in Spooky Season. We didn't because it was we so fucking shit. We will do next shit. time though because I've, I mean, it's, it was great. That was actually, films like that was yeah. what birthed this podcast because we would yeah. just sit at home and drink and laugh along at yeah, how bad we were. Along. Like we're some fucking on our thrones here at home. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an interesting thing though. So we've both said that we do still think movie stars exist. What would you say? Who would you say the top five movie stars in the world right now? Ooh. Number one's Tom Cruise for me. Tom Cruise. I would put... I think I'd put Margot Robbie up there. I would put Margot Robbie up there. Uh, DiCaprio, obviously. Yeah, DiCaprio goes without saying. There's three. I'd put Sam Jackson up there. Yeah. Jackson. There's four. And then a fifth. A fifth. Mm, who would I go and see a film for? I think Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, yeah. I would also kind of say like Brad Pitt. Someone. Oh, Brad Pitt, yeah. Brad yeah. Pitt's a good shout because I did bullet train. What most have piqued my interest for that was probably Brad Pitt. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And of course, Jared Leto from Morbius attracted the big numbers. It did, though. It did. Mm, kind of did. 
Well, so he's not he's not Tom Cruise, is well he? Well done, Jared Little. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, I think yeah. all we've got left to talk about now is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah, why to leave this to the last? Because yeah. what a fucking wholesome thing to do. The put we watched we reviewed Spirited last week, and we've all said, yeah, it kind of put us in the the holiday mood. This. 100% has put me in the holiday spirit. Part of me wants to watch it once a week until Christmas. <laughs> so it's basically Peter is... They've bought nowhere. Not in the Christmas cheer. Yep. So Mantis and Drax decide that they're going to throw him the best Christmas ever. And to do that, they are going to get him Kevin Bacon. The actor Kevin Bacon. And it's just oh, it's so light-hearted and fun. It's, but it also, which I really liked about it, gave hints about what you can expect from Guardians 3, and it did yep. add a lot to kind of the lore of the Guardians team, which we'll talk about. Oh, yeah, and big but massive spoiler. They want to make Christmas better for Peter again because Mantis is very nervous to tell him that Ego is also her dad, so yes. they are siblings. Which apparently, if, if there's like a uh, blink and you'll miss it moment in Guardians 2, yeah, where, where he's Eagle's like snogging like about, someone yeah. that looks like Mantis. So and this is also, Mantis. I was reading about it, I didn't know this, but at the time, um, an actress who had been cast in Guardians 2 and shot a scene as Mantis's mum. Ah. So the scene was cut, but she did a tweet or something with her in like Mantis makeup. Oh, right. A couple of people put two and two together. Uh. But So I know quite, well, not, not uh, we, we, we're avid Marvel things. And I kind of tend to know what's going to happen. I I did not see that coming at all. Yeah. And so. I liked it because I, I didn't see it coming, but I mm. also didn't feel like it was like, oh, shit, what oh, yeah, can we do to make it interesting? Sense, yeah. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah, they've made it make sense. And when um, she's called Pom, the actress who plays Mantis. Mantis, she was asked about it and she was like, oh, yeah, well, I've known about that since Guardians 2 because it was in the original script. And, like, he told me it when he cast me, but then he said that he didn't want to put it into volume two because it would feel like kind of putting a hat on a hat so yeah. you wanted to leave it and let it probably have its own space in either volume three or that's what i love about marvel special. though people exactly, call yeah. superhero films but i think there's a lot of thought and hard work that goes into them i think i mean i think james gunn is brilliant he is again and he deserves so much credit for making the guardians such a likable team and obviously the actors as well because yeah. they, they more than do their part but yeah just the way he writes i think guardians so especially yeah guardians has a, a special place in of all those people. types of films where it's like a group of ragtag individuals who meet and, ragtag. you know, start calling themselves family. Yeah. Guardians is the only one where I watch it and I'm like, oh, they are a family. Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree like with that. In Fast and Furious, I'm like, no, it's not. It's just a they bunch of bald men. <laughs> it's just a bunch of bald men punching each other and then saying family and eating barbecue food and drinking Corona. I actually feel like, yeah, these lot, these what like each other, drinking by the neck of the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Love it. It's just... Oh. Kevin Bacon was really good. Kevin Bacon is great in it. So Mantis and Drax, probably the two you trust least, travel (laughs) to Earth, spend a long time with cosplayers. Um, Drax punches a bloke dressed as Transformer because Robot killed his cousin. Those are funny scenes. Uh, Yeah, everyone's taking the picture of them because they think they're cosplayers. They go in a Christmas shop. They also go in a bar and get very drunk and uh, have dance-offs and stuff. Then they find uh, celebrity star maps, find Kevin Bacon's house, and kidnap him, essentially. And his Christmas decorations. Fight with the police, yeah. Steal his Christmas decorations. They Very f- apologetic all the way through about it. Yeah. Um, the Mantis uses her power to make Kevin Bacon kind of love it. And uh, as you can expect, Peter is not very happy when he finds out that they've <laughs> kidnapped Kevin Bacon for him. It's so funny. And I love Groot in it. Groot, it looks 
The CGI it's is the quite best different. CGI I've seen in but he's got any a kind Marvel of different thing style. in Phase Four. But it's because yeah. he looks practical. Like yeah. someone actually tweeted James Gunn and said, "Oh, they didn't even, he didn't even tweet James Gunn. He was just tweeting his review, his early review of um, the Guardian special, mm. and he was like, oh, yeah, it's Min, whatever, whatever, whatever.'" Um, plus practical grew is a big win for me. And James Gunn replied like, no, that's all special effects, but I can imagine that's the biggest compliment like a special effects team could ever be given. Yeah. Like the people think he's actually there because he does. Yeah. And like, especially when there's been so many moments of bad CGI in phase four of Marvel. This, yeah, this one it is this really is flawless. good. It is, really it is flawless. flawless. And again, um, hats off to the, the team who did it because they absolutely fucking nailed it. And it's Don't interesting to see, is that maybe Marvel knowing the importance of the guardians and just putting more time and stuff into that well when you think about the effects in that i know it's only one episode so compared it to she hulk is unfair hmm. but no, it's, well, it's like 45 minutes of stuff shields were like 20 minutes weren't they it's night and day in it night and day yeah but yeah like, i hadn't even thought about comparing it to she hulk but yeah baffling baffling yeah. There's also, um, as we said, there's nods to what's going to come in volume three, mm-hmm. which is they've bought Nowhere. Yeah. And so they're doing that up, restoring that. Um, they bought it from the Collector, and we haven't seen the Collector since. Yeah, in Infinity. for a while. Well, he's yeah. not even in Infinity War, technically, is he? Because it's like a Thanos. Mm. Uh, he's using the oh, reality like stone. Him. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I assumed he was dead, I'll be honest. I thought well, Thanos yeah. would have killed him beforehand. So yeah, I would have as well. I mean, I kind of would like to see if he comes back in volume three. Yeah. Um, Cosmo's in it. Oh, little Cosmo. Big, big love for Cosmo. We're big dog fans. Yep. Very. I hope he also plays a big role in Volume Three. I would have liked him to be a real dog. Yeah. But, but I mean, again, again the effects look so really good. good. It probably yeah. wasn't worth it, was it, for one episode? But it would have been nice to have a real dog. Yeah, it would have. It would have been. But what if the dog didn't like wearing the space suit? It would be a big ass. Because then I suppose you'd have to edit the suit on him on the dog. So. There's not much point really. Like, no, we'll yeah, do the whole dog. probably so just as bad as using a CGI dog. Yeah, yeah. But Cosmo was such a good boy. <laughs> he is a good boy. Um, what else do we have that's a tease for Volume Three? We obviously know that the siblings, as we said, I feel like there was something else that sets it up a bit. Oh, just in one of my favorite Marvel callbacks ever. Nebula as yeah. Rocket's Christmas present gives him Bucky's arm. I was just going to say, can we talk about Rocket? He says he's going to get that arm off him in Infinity War. Yeah, how much for the arm? Yeah, I just think James so Gunn just has a way of tying his characters together and the relationships and stuff and the links to past films. Well, I think he just knows all his characters so well. Yeah, that would have that would probably been effortless for him to say, oh, she can he can get Bucky's arm because he will have remembered doing that. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, and it maybe yeah. that's. Yeah, little stuff like that really just make it hit home. And the featurette for this, before it was released, Kevin Feige basically said that when it was announced that they were getting Disney+, Plus, um, mm. James Gunn basically immediately said to him, like, oh, can I do a holiday special then? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'd love that idea. Like, get me a script or whatever. And he said he came back with a script like three days later. Oh, amazing. Right, that's how quick he can write stuff like this. Um, the one thing I did get when I was watching this, I'm sad that he's leaving after volume three. James Gunn. Really sad. Because I don't know what you will do with these characters from there. Because I, d- d- I don't think there's anyone else who could do a Guardians film anywhere near as good. And I also don't yeah. think... I don't even know if they try and do it without him. But then I don't think they're just going to retire all these characters. Say Even say if two of them die or whatever in Volume 3. Don't. Star-Lord will be alive. Gamora will be alive. Rocket will be alive. I think Drax will die. 
So what, are you just going to put them in Avengers films and not have them tell their own stories? Oh, don't. I can't think of any of them dying. I think Drax will die. No, none of them will die. Okay, I think Drax will die. Shut up. Drax is a big standout in this as well. Because he's just effortless. Him playing Drax is just effortless with how funny he is and stuff. Yeah, he's really funny. The one-liners are like down to a T. I also think he's the best wrestler-turned-actor. Oh, yeah. By quite a, it's him, Country then The Rock, and then a, quite a long way down, it's John Cena. <laughs> quite quite. No, you liked that fucking series, though. Oh, shit, I forgot about Peacemaker. Maybe The Rock's the one that's all the way down. But to oh, be fair, yeah. that was a James Gunn thing again. There you go. So maybe I just like James Gunn. Maybe the problem The Rock's got is that James Gunn hasn't written anything for oh, him yet. Oh, you're And maybe if James yeah. Gunn does Black Adam 2... Cooking on gas, Mike. Adam Harder. Adam Blacker? Blacker Adam? Two, two Adam, two Black? Two... <laughs> it's <laughs> hard to... <laughs> it's hard to... Tra- what else are classic sequel names? Let's just... Let's leave that there. The one where they go to... Uh, in old trilogies, they always used to have one where they go back in time. That'd be good. Black Adam AD. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And you could do it like so that the A and the D in Adam are really big. So it's like black, A, dot, D, am. But it looks like the black, A, dot, D, am. Yeah. <laughs> We've got really off topic, you have to say it right. <laughs> <laughs> That's good marketing, that. You're welcome, Warner Brothers. You can use it. Yeah, <laughs> straight away. Um, I, love, I'm love excited Gar- to rewatch this. I love this. Guardians. I'm going to rewatch it once a One week. thing we have to talk about, we can't talk about anything, guys, without talking about it, is the soundtrack. Oh my because god! Because James Gunn's soundtracks, I feel like they're like his children. Like he <laughs> must spend hours sweating over them, listening to a song and thinking, "Oh, is it is it perfect? Is that the exact right song?" He nails it every time. He does, and I think this might be my favorite one. There's also an original song. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kevin Bacon. A- no, that one's not actually original. Really? Yeah, the original one's the one where that guy's like, "I don't know what Christmas is, Star Lords." Will you listen to this song and see if it's right? Aww. And he gets all the things wrong. About, and well, you know, it starts really well, and then. Towards the end, it's like all the elves hate Santa and Mrs. Claus hates him because he rules with an iron fist and she's going to rip out his eyes. Uh, so I think I just, yeah. I mean, and Volume 3 is going to have the best soundtrack as well. Which it, does, it makes a big difference, doesn't it, having a good huge, soundtrack? Huge, because when you look at that with the difference of like the first Suicide Squad film where they were trying to do a Guardians of the Galaxy thing and they put all the songs in mm-hmm. and they're all good songs, but they just don't work the way that they do in Guardians where it like, enhances a scene it like lifts it up and makes it everything about it better yeah this was just really so fun and wholesome and it's a nice a nice message like the NP is like that's that's the greatest present anyway that you're my sister yeah I teared up a bit you know yeah I did because it was lovely it, it was because you nice liked the characters so all the might, yeah. all the presents and stuff and all the decorations <laughs> lovely. Cosmo's little dead uh, oh, the dead yeah. animal he got for Kraglin but all the presents are really nice and thoughtful, which is obviously a lovely part of Christmas when mm-hmm. receiving and giving a really thoughtful present is lovely. Yeah. But then, like you said, you being my sister, that's the greatest present I could have asked for. Yeah. And it's so true. I mean, family. Family. <laughs> and big, bald men with Not sponsored by arms. Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, lovely. But also not cheesy either, like, which sometimes Yeah, which again, I think, I think that's because of the, the characters and how well the jokes land that then when you get to the... The yeah. honest moments. It's just flawless. Beautiful. Um, a masterpiece. 
Yeah, I'm so excited for Guardians Three now. It kind oh of rem- it just it worked well because it's been so long since we've seen the Guardians as well. It was such a nice reminder of, oh yeah, I love these. These are yeah. by far some of Marvel's best characters. They are. And they I think are. Phase Four was sorely missing them. Obviously, they should have been the first film of Phase Four before they sacked him. Yeah. Sorry for another day, but it's missed. But Volume Three, Phase Four, and this was a very nice reminder of, don't worry, it's coming. It was. What's your rating? Eight point five nine. I'm going to go nine. Just for, it made me so Christmassy. So nice to see him again. I always love seeing Groot. Big muscly Groot. Probably added on a point. Made him so smiley as well. I like the little uh, I liked decorations he, he made. And when he was listening to a song, he just shouted out, I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he also had little uh, reindeer antlers on, which were very nice. And also, nice just side, just I love giving a bit of Groot love. So that's mm. what I'm going to do. How good is it that they can make a, a character so lovable who is literally a half dead tree that only says i am group and you know what he's saying crazy. oh you yeah. have a good idea he gives you know? he gives the actual script of in diesel of what it translates to in group language amazing also one of my favorite marvel post-credit scenes in a long long while where Groot is trying to be a christmas tree and <laughs> mm. rocket and cosmo are decorating him and then Groot sulks and puts his arms down and cosmo says that Groot's ruined christmas <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's that post great scene just sums up the whole. It does, thing. yeah. It really does. Stunning. Um, and so thank you for listening. Would I recommend you? Obviously. Oh yeah, definitely recommend. Watch it. Obviously, See, it's nice ending on a high. T- we've been company for ten minutes. Of course, we recommend it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been Lord of Old Waffle. We have waffled on relentlessly. <laughs> yep. And there are episodes of this every Monday. Next Monday, we will be ranking Phase Four from best to worst, or maybe from worst to best because we want to end on a high. From yeah. worst to best. We'll watch worst a couple of spoiler, new releases as well. the Eternals. Um, <laughs> we also have our drunk commentaries go up every Thursday. And this Wednesday, our second drunken debate will go up where we debate the best original horror movie ever. And they go up every other Wednesday. Uh, our Twitter is at SweetFilmsAlk. Get in touch. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Did you, audience, think that there was a sexual vibe between the fight between Shuri and Namor in Black Panther Wakanda Forever or was Katie wrong? You took <laughs> that out of context. No. Took that out of context. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> really, fam.